Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. Well, here's the thing. All, all of us, if we were to be honest, I believe that all of us would say we are never, ever going to live a lifestyle of the rich and famous. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, most of us, if not all of us, are probably not ever going to live that lifestyle. I mean, we're not going to have a bunch of money, but some people do, some people don't. Some of you guys are millionaires that are here. Some of you guys, you know, you can't, you know, count change. I mean, or don't have any change or whatever. You're like me. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, today, I want to talk about, and uh, you know, this lifestyle of the not-so-rich-and-famous. And the first thing that I want us to learn is I want us to learn what kind of lifestyle that God wants us to live in our everyday lives because we're everyday people. And the second thing is once we live that lifestyle that God wants us to live, what that living, that lifestyle produces, Okay. Living the lifestyle that glorifies God is going to produce some great riches. Now, I didn't say that everybody's going to be a millionaire, but it's going to produce some great riches, okay? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. If I said I had a secret to breeding the most beautiful horse, the best confirmation horse, the best minded horse, and the best looking horse. I have that secret. How many of you guys would want to know the secret? All right, two people are honest. Thank you. If I said, those of you that have cattle, if I said, man, I got this secret that will make your cattle gain like 10% more than they gained last year, how many of you guys would want to know the secret? Few people. You'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. If I was to say, let me go this way. If I was to say, I can help you increase your income this year more than you had last year. How many of you guys want to know that? Yeah, heck yeah. Well, here's the thing. I do believe that I have a secret. Now, some of you guys know this secret already. Some of you don't know this secret. But today, I'm going to share a secret, again, that many of you have already figured out. Um, some of you, here's the truth. Some of you have never heard this secret and some of you have heard it, but you're just not practicing the secret. Okay. Now here's the secret and you say, what is it? Well, it has to do with money, right? It has to do with money, but here's, here's the truth for you. Here's the thing to have financial freedom to have. And again, I sound like a TV preacher. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? I'll get to that in just a minute. <laughs> Uh, I don't have blue hair. So to have financial freedom, to, have a, uh, to lessen the stress and the burden of money, here is the secret. Ready? The secret is living a lifestyle of giving. Amen. And some of you guys are looking at me like, no, no, what? So you think that, you know, if I give, then I'll be more rich. That doesn't make sense. Some of you guys are like, hey, I thought it would be if I just make more money, then I'll be rich. I, if I just bring in more money, then I won't have any more burdens. If I could just bring in more money, then life would be easy. If that big check would just come through, the cattle market would just keep going up, then I would truly be rich. But here's the thing. The secret to true wealth 
the secret to financial freedom, the secret to true blessing, the secret to true fulfillment is found in giving. It's found in giving. Um, And I know some of you guys are like, I knew it. You're just like all those TV preachers. All you want is my money. And it's true. I, I want your money... And you think, well, Bo, you're just wanting to build a brand new kitchen. No, it's not about a kitchen. It's about a man cave. That's all I want. I mean, amen. I want someplace I can hang all my dead animals. I'm just playing. That's just a joke. But here's the truth. It's not true that I need your money. Again, a lot of people think, well, the preacher's just going to ask for money. I knew it. I'm, I'm leaving this church. It's like I left all 52 churches before it. Because all they want is my money. No, listen, I don't need your money. I don't need it. Here's what, here's what I've found. If, if I give, and we're going to talk about this, if I give my portion to the Lord, guess what? He promises to take care of my needs. So here's the truth. Here's the truth, and I want you to get this. My riches are not dependent upon whether you give, but whether I give. You see, what, you see the difference? I mean, so you don't have to give and I'll still survive because I give to the Lord, right? And so you think, well, you're just, you know, one on my money. No, I don't. If you, you don't give to me, you give to the Lord and you give for yourself. And can I just say this? You think, well, you know, again, all they want is my money. Have we ever passed an offering plate in this church? Anybody ever seen one? Nope. Um, half of you guys probably don't even know where the offering is given. But I'll tell you where it's given, just in case. <laughs> I got to throw those little TV preacher stuff in every now and then. But it is. It's actually in a whiskey barrel right outside there, right there by that info bar. Some of you guys, you know, check it out <laughs> after you leave. <laughs> so, what do, I mean, how else am I supposed to say it, you know? But it's in a whiskey barrel. And so, again, it's not to buy whiskey. <laughs> Never mind. It's to you know, give to the Lord. (laughs) That sounds so funny to me in a whiskey barrel. But here's the truth. We've tore down all these religious barriers. I mean, again, people walk in and we understand some people can't give. Some people feel like jerks. Some people feel like if they can't put anything in an offering plate, then they don't want to come to church. We tore that down. Amen. Amen. We, we tore it down. So we don't pass an offering plate. And again, God's, God's really truly blessed us um, even in spite of that. Here's the other thing that it, that it allows you to do and me to do. I cannot be prideful about my giving. You ever been in church and they're like passing the offering plate and they're just like, you know, they pull the check out and they're like, hey. And they want people to see their giving. <laughs> the cool thing about our church is I don't know if you give or not. I, I don't see you. And, no, and a lot of people, unless they're just walking in the door, the, the, the greeters, they're not gonna, you're not, nobody's going to know if you gave or not. So it eliminates the pride that we can have sometimes and check me out. I remember <laughs> sitting in church one time and a guy made change in the offering plate. Anybody ever seen that? <laughs> He's like, excuse me, hold on just a second. <laughs> okay, thanks. That was so cool, man. I thought that was cool. I mean, he's bold enough. I thought it was cool. But here's the thing. Here's the other, here's the other thing that I want you to understand. I will not apologize for preaching about money. I won't apologize for it. You know why? Because it's the truth of God's word. 
over and over again, God talks about money. Over 16 of the parables, which are stories in the Bible, they're about money. And so I'm not going to apologize about preaching about money. Here's what I should apologize about, about not preaching about it enough. Because here's the truth. Because some preachers, and myself included, at certain points in, in my career, have been scared to preach about money. And here's what happens. When, when preachers are scared to preach about money, it robs the people that they're leading Because I'm not sharing with you something that God has asked us to do so that you can be blessed. Does that make sense? And again, you think, well, that's all about the church. It's all about preacher. It's all about him getting the money. No, it's all about you and giving God the glory. When we give to God, he gives back to us. Not always in money, but he gives back in other ways. And so I'm not going to apologize. And you say, okay, Bo, how do I live this lifestyle of giving? Number one is this. If you're taking notes, by the way, there's, there's uh, note cards on that orange card. You can take notes. And these, this is good stuff. Number one is this. How do I live the lifestyle of giving? Number one, and I've only got one point today. Amen? Can I get a clap on that? <clears throat> only one point, but I have like seven sub points. Praise the Lord. So here's the deal. Number one, how do I live this lifestyle of giving? Number one is this. You give to the Lord by giving to his church. Okay? Now again, sounds like a preacher statement. Sounds like all I want your money, but it's true. How do I live this lifestyle of giving? I give to the Lord by giving to his church. Listen to the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. Listen to it. It says, remember this, and some of you guys can relate to this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. See, she doesn't like that. Or he doesn't. But here's the thing. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or response to pressure. Again, for me, when preachers put pressure on people to give, they don't give. Again, it's up to you. I'm just going to expose the blessing that you can receive from it, and then it's your choice. So it's not about pressure. For God loves, or let me say this in verse 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. See the giving? And then it goes on to say in verse 9, As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Do you see what it's saying here? Do you see it? Here's what it's saying. In this passage, it says, you get what you give. Do you see it? You get what you give. If you give a little, you guess what you get back? Say it. A little. If you give a lot, guess what you get back? A lot. We also see that you have to be a cheerful giver. Again, God doesn't like it when people walk in and go, Dad, come in, I wish I could keep this money. I want to buy me a new blouse. 
You know what I'm saying? I was talking for a woman, okay? <laughs> I'm not a cross-dresser. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> oh, boy. That was a Freudian slip. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Again, some of you guys are like, what, you know, what is this all about? It's just a matter of the biblical truth that you get what you give. If you don't give, guess why you don't get? If you don't give with the cheerful attitude and you give out of a crappy attitude, you won't get. That's just the biblical principle here. And the truth is, it's not about how much you give. It's about your attitude toward what you give. Do you see the difference there? And so giving back to a portion, uh, uh, to the Lord, a portion of your income, your money is called tithing. It's called tithing. It's a churchy word, but that's what it's called. One of the first things that I teach uh, couples when I do their premarital counseling before they get married is I talk about finances. Anybody heard that, that, that uh, story or not story, but anybody been through premarital counseling with me? Yeah. A few of you guys, I've married you guys. We talked about finances because here's the truth. If you want to have money to provide for your new family, then you need to give a portion back to the Lord. It's just that, that, that simple fact. I mean, that's how God works it. This practice of tithing started in the Old Testament. You can read about it in Deuteronomy 14 or Leviticus 27. And the people gave back a tenth of their crops. They gave back a tenth of everything that they had. They gave back a a tenth of it. And here's the other thing. Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 20, verse 25, he said to them, then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And again, what is God's? Well, he's pretty much everything, right? But here's the thing. When I, and I, I'm going to explain this because I love this. I love this that I have people in this barn who have never heard about tithing. I love that. Thank God that they're here. Amen? I mean, again, I don't, I'm, we're not here to just, you know, create and build just an institution of, for Christian churchy people. We're here to reach people that don't know Jesus. And so thank you guys that are here that have never heard this message before. But here's the thing about tithing. Tithing is typically a 10%, 10% of your income. Let me give you an example. I hate math. Anybody hate math? Okay, I'm horrible at math, so I'm going to try to keep this simple, and I'll probably still mess it up. If I make $1,000 a month, I take 10% from 1000 What is it? $100. Here's what God's principle of tithing is. I give 10%. I give $100 to the Lord by giving to his church. And guess what he tells me? I want you to live off the $900 that you have left. That's tithing. Now you say, well, why would I do that? Why do I need to do that? Here's the truth. God can do more with the $900 that's left over than he can do with the 1000 that you keep for yourself. Can it? Do you understand that? And you say, how do you know that? Here's how I know it. I've done it. I've done it. When I've been selfish and I said, no, not this week. And, and again, Heather and I, we've committed to give. And I, can I just tell you what we give so that you know the preacher gives his money to? Um, Heather and I decided in our hearts, and, and I had to convince her heart, but I... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but because we believe in, in what we're doing, we give off the gross rather than the net of our income. And, and again, I, I'm not saying that's a boast. I'm just saying that's what God, he, he told us to do. Now, he's not telling everybody to do that, but we give off the gross of our income rather than the net. 
and we give 10% of every dime that we make. If I go out and I, I cowboy and I get $100, we give 10% of that. If she goes out and she substitute teaches, she gives 10% of the $80 that she just made. Every dime that we bring in, we give 10% back to this church. And you say, why are you telling us that? Because I want you to know I'm not just, again, a freeloader that doesn't do what I'm asking you to do. We give a 10 we give a 10% of that, and here's why. If you do that, listen, God promises that he will do more again with the $900 than he could with the 1,000. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. It says, now to him who is able to do what? Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. Men, here's the truth that you get out of that. God can do immeasurably more than what we can do. I'm just telling you the truth. You know why? Because he's not limited. Think about it. The truth is we're all limited in what we can do with a dollar. God is not. God doesn't sleep. He, he's awake 24 hours a day. God, God does not get tired. We get tired. God does not have to take economics in college. He created the mathematical system. God doesn't have to worry about the market because he is God. But we do. And so my point is this. We are limited. He is not. And God goes to work for those who give back to him. But he doesn't go to work for those that don't give back to him. And again, I'll just be honest with you. That sounds kind of weird because I see a lot of people who don't give to the Lord and they have lots of stuff. Let's just be honest. I mean, it, but here's the thing. I think a lot of them are miserable even though they have a lot of stuff. And a lot of them may have money, but they don't have peace. And they worry more because they have a lot of money. Do you see what I'm saying? And so you think, oh, that's just a bunch of blessing. I mean, they're, they're just reaping everything, and they don't love Jesus. They don't give to the church. They don't do squat. Well, again, don't judge a book by its cover. There's some, some, some things that you may not know about that. Therefore, listen to this. Here's the, here's the thing. Why wouldn't we trust God with our money? If he's not limited, if he says, I'll do immeasurably more than what you can imagine, why would I not? The truth is, I should say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. Whatever you want to do with my wallet, whatever you want to do with my money, I'm all in. You know why? Because when I'm all in, guess what? He's all in. He's all in. And I want what he's got. You know what I'm saying? I want what he's got. And so again, the smart thing to do would say, God, I'm all in. Well, at Thousand Hills Ranch Church, through your giving to this church, we've done some great things. Did everybody get an annual report? Every family should have got one of these. And if you have them, take them out real quick. Just, you, you guys are going to have to share, but take, take this out. Look at this real quick. And I'm going to just go through this to show you that, you know, God is blessing our church. Our general income of, for 2013 was $407,000. How big is that? That is big. You know, we brought in 24000 just for the covered arena. Uh, again, this is based on January's type stuff, but we have brought in a ton of money. And you say, why does all that money matter? Here's the truth. Because lives are being changed. Here, here, yes. Here's the thing. If you look at this pie graph, the highest percentage of the money that was spent 
37% was given away. That's the highest percentage of everything on that page. And we gave it away. We gave over $6,300 away to people that are in need. We gave over a hundred and something angel tree gifts to people that don't go to our church, to people that don't love Jesus. For, I mean, again, some of them do, some of them don't. But we give our money to anybody that needs it, not just church people. Right? Amen. I mean, so, so again... We gave, we gave all this stuff away. Uh, you can read all that later, but the life change is why it matters. But here's the thing. I want to show you something about our income. Here's something that you may not know about churches. A lot of times, there's this 90-10 rule, and, and, and here's, a th- here's what it says. 10% give out of the 100%. 90% don't. Okay? I mean, you think about it. And I'm going to expose some things that I don't like about the church. And again, this is one of those things. The average attendance of our church, just the adults, is 250. Okay? Yeah, it's great. We probably got 250 or more in this room right now. Average household, both, parent, both kid, or parents work, right? Both of them. So out of, if we counted 250 adults, and then we have 50 kids or so in the nursery, praise the Lord, you know, or the children's church. But here's the average weekly income of our church, minus some big checks, okay? I want to let you in on a secret. We get checks periodically for $50,000. January, we got a check for, I think, 40. You know, this last, in, in February, we got a check for $50,000. How cool is that? But listen, but listen, the average weekly income minus those big checks, and again, we don't know if they're going to be here tomorrow or be here, you know, the next day, but the average income of our church is only, and this is weekly, $2,269. Average weekly income. Divide 2269 by 250 and guess what the average weekly giving of every individual that comes to this church is? Nine bucks. $36 a month. Now again, that makes some of you guys go, crap, I feel like a jerk. But here's the thing. Some of you guys, that's all you can give is nine bucks. Some of you guys are giving over and beyond what God has called you to give. But some of you guys are riding the coattails of everybody else, and you're in the 90% that doesn't give a dime. Again, that's just the truth. And you say, well, what's the point, Bo? The point is this. If we're going to reap immeasurably more than what we could ever imagine, if we're going to build a covered arena so that we can reach the unchurched Western culture, not have a Christian clique, if we're going to reach more unchurched people with the good news of Jesus Christ, then all of us have to give and sow more generously. That's just the truth. I mean, again, it's like going to the gym and you work out all day, but you never pay the dues. Guess what? The gym's going to go away if you don't pay your, your dues, right? We turn the lights on every day. We're, we're praying, God, give us the money to pay for the lights. Again, I don't know. Some people think we just turn this on and it just happens. <laughs> it doesn't. It takes some money. And so here's the thing. We, why do we give? Have you ever thought about why you give? I mean, think about it. Some of you guys are like, oh, it's the Christian thing to do. And that's why I give. Okay. But why? Why do you give? Uh, let me give you some reasons why, I get, why Heather and I give and we're done. You ready? Number one is this. I understand. Here's why I give. I understand that all I have, everything that I have, comes from God. 
Every dime, the shirt that I have, you say, no, Bo, you worked for it. God gave me the hands so that I could work. God gave me the voice so that I could preach. Everything that I have is God's. And so I understand that everything that I have, that's the reason why I give. Psalm 24, 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Everything I have has been given to me. My breath, my eyes, my home, my kids, my wife, everything. You say, why do I give to the Lord? It's because he's given me everything that I have. And it's the least that I can do. Here's the second reason I give to the Lord. I want to be fully devoted. I want to be fully devoted. And, you know, a lot of people, they're like, I'm devoted. I'll come and I'll be at church and all that. But when it's like, hey, the, you, know, you know, the church could use a little money. They go, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Are you talking money? What? Here's the truth. If you want to be fully devoted, then God will have control of your wallet too. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not store up yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Again, I, I want to be fully committed, and that includes my wallet. Number three is this. Here's the reason I give. I believe that Christians ought to be the most generous people on the planet. Let me say that one again. Some of you guys are tight. I believe that Christians ought to be the most generous people on the the planet. And sadly, listen to this. Sadly, most Christians are the tightest people on the planet. Some Christians walk around with corn cobs stuck up their butt <laughs> with a sour puss face on like they just got through sucking on a lemon and they squeak because they're so tight. Listen, I believe that Christians ought to be the most generous people on the planet. Here's the truth. I can preach all the great sermons that I want. And I can have all this stuff that I want in church. I can be the greatest leader in our church, but I will not just be remembered for what I said. I will be remembered, I believe, for if I was generous or not. I mean, I can preach all day long, but it don't mean a hill of beans if I'm not living out what I say I li- want you to live out. I believe that people are going to make... <laughs> They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, and, and, and again, I don't say this so that, that I boast, but I've made more of an impact in our community by giving my money away than I ever have probably preaching this in this church. I'll give you an example. And this is just, and again, this isn't to bloat or go or gloat, bloat. This isn't just a bloat. <laughs> this isn't to gloat. But here's, the, here's what happened the other day. This, this girl, she was in line, self-checkout, or not self-checkout, she was in line at Walmart, and she, she couldn't pay for all the stuff, so she was taking stuff out of her basket. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> College. She was taking stuff out, and she was just putting it back, and I was like, hey, lady, how much does she owe for the whole deal? She said, I don't know, remember what she said. I gave her the, I, I said, run my credit card. I paid for it. I paid for it. I thought, man, that's what God wanted me to do. That's how I did it. Walked out, great, thanks. She said, thanks, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> we go to Romero's. 
Like, how many months later? I don't know how many months. My wife didn't even know I did this. Well, we go to, we go to the Ramirez, and we're eating uh, lunch. And the waitress, Rachel, comes up to our table and says, hey, you know, or I say, hey, you know, what's your name? I, hadn't, I didn't know her name yet. I said, what's your name? And she said, my name's Rachel. And she said, you know, I know who you are because I remember you because one day I was sitting in line behind you and you paid for this woman's groceries and it's made a difference in my life. And I like you. And every time we go into Ramirez, she serves us like we're the king and the queen. I made a bigger, listen, and I'm not saying that so that you'll go, woo Bo's the best. I'm just saying that because here's the thing. I made more of an impact in her life because of my generosity, not because of what I said. You see the difference? So people, listen, we ought to be the most generous people. And again, some of you guys are tight. Some of you guys need to let go of a little. Some of you guys need to pull back a little, stop giving everything away. Can I get an amen from my wife? I'd rather just give it away. She keeps me balanced. We keep each other balanced. So again, I believe that we should be the most generous people. Here's, the, here's number four. I want to be blessed. Why, why do I give to the Lord? Because I want to be blessed. And some people are like, dang it. No, you're not supposed to be blessed. What? I mean, you're supposed to live in poverty. I mean, you're supposed to be a sourpuss, and you're supposed to just live with what you got and, and not, not expect anything more. No, listen, I want to be blessed. Whatever God has in store for me, I want all of it. You know what I'm saying? I want as much as he'll give me because it's from him. And what does he say? The more that I get, guess what? The more generous I ought to be. So I, I, I want to receive, I give so that I can receive. Acts 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Second Corinthians you know, 6, again, I, if I sow generously, guess what? I will reap generously. Okay, number five, and I'm done. You ready for this? Here's the last reason that I give. Here's the, here's the, here it is. I believe in the power and the purpose of this church. You say, why do you give your money? Why do you give 10% of everything? Why do you give it off your gross? Because I believe in the power and the purpose of this church. Matthew 6, 20, we just read it. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Listen, I give to help fulfill the purpose of this church. And you say, what's the purpose of this church? Can we all say it together? Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. Our purpose is to reach unchurched people. Listen, you didn't hear anything in there that says, oh, the purpose is for the pastor can get rich. And you didn't even hear anything in there that really says that we want to grow a big church and have a great Christian corral where all the Christian people can hang out and be buddies. You didn't hear really any of that. And is that part of it? Sure, we want to have fellowship. We want to have a church that's growing. But here's the thing. We are called to reach people that are far from God. We are called to reach people that are on the edge, that are wanting to make a decision one way or the other. We are called to to reach people that don't believe. We've always said that you belong here even if you don't believe And so you say, why why do you give? 
I believe in the power and the purpose of this church. And can I just say this? My pledge to you as a pastor, here's my pledge. Every dime that you get, we will spend every dime of it every year so that we can reach unchurched people. Here's what I tell people that are in our leadership. I say, every dime that you get to spend on your team, whether it's arena team, Vittles team, spend every dime. Guess what? We are not at this church. We are not a savings and loan company that needs to have a padded bank account so that we can be secure and not, you know, do this. Now, again, do we have an emergency fund? Absolutely. But when we reach that emergency fund, we give every dime away. We use every dime because every dime counts. And it's a matter of eternity on whether we spend the money or not. People are like, hey, you just shouldn't spend that much money on that. No, listen, we're going to spend every dime. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. We're not going to save in the line. I mean, there are more churches out there that have more money in the bank. They have more buildings and their church is dead. I want to be broke and I want us reaching everybody. <laughs> again, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. And so, again, why, why do we give? I'm giving to something that's not temporary, but something that's eternal. And that's the souls of man and woman. And so that's why I give. And so here's my prayer. And you guys think this is funny, but I pray this all the time. God, give us millions of dollars to fulfill your purpose for our church. You know why I pray that? Because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he owns the thousand hills that the cattle graze on as well. (laughs) So my God's not limited, and he can give us millions of dollars. So here's my question. Are you doing your part to give? Are you doing your part? Again, not so that I can have a padded bank account. I got retirement. I'll I'll be fine. I hope that you'll give for the Lord. Let's pray together. Some of you guys are here today, and again, you you don't tithe. That's okay. Maybe you don't. Can I just ask you to, again, give it a try. Maybe you need to tithe for the next, uh, next month and you see if God blesses you. And again, is it all about money? No. Will you get more money back? Probably not. But you may. Will you be able to sleep with peace in, in your mind and in your heart better because you've given some money to the church because God has given you everything? I guarantee it. And if he don't, then I'll buy you. I don't know what commitment I want to make here. But, but a moon pie. I'll buy you a moon pie. But I'm just telling you, listen, if you will give to God, he will give back to you. If you give sparingly, he will give sparingly back to you. If you give generously, he will give generously to you. And you say, Bo, I'm not even a Christian. I don't give squat and I have all kinds of money. My question is, are you happy? What are you going to do when the market falls? Are you going to be, you going to be satisfied internally? Are you going to have the peace? Are you going to have the, you know, the joy? I, I don't know. Here's the thing. Next week, we're going to talk about two more principles on living the lifestyle of the not-so-rich-and-famous. And we're going to eat pancakes. And so I hope that you'll come back. Lord, thank you so much for 
an opportunity to preach truth so that people can be blessed, not so that the church can, you know, get a padded savings account so that, that people can be blessed, and, and more importantly, so that lives can be changed for eternity. And so may people in this church not look at it as, hey, the preacher just wants my money, but may they look at it and say, golly, I have everything because God has given me everything, and I'm going to give back a portion of that so that God can bless others, so that it, people's lives can be changed for eternity, and so that I can make an eternal difference, not just hoard up a bunch of stuff that the moths and the vermin are going to destroy. And so maybe you just need to try that. Lord, I, I pray that people in this room that aren't tithing, that they would give it a shot and that they would see the benefits and that you would bless them. For those that are already giving, I pray that they would continue to give, that they would not feel like crap because they feel like they have to give more, even though they're giving far beyond what they've got, you know, already given, but that they would be you know, fulfilled, that you would fulfill them, that you would give them peace and, and riches other than you know, maybe even money. Give them the riches that they deserve because they are being generous to you. And Lord, we thank you for how you blessed our church and we pray that you would give us millions of dollars so that we can build a covered arena, not a Christian corral, but a covered arena to reach unchurched people. And we give you all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you again for listening to this message. And we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030.